Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm delighted to be chatting today with Megan Scott. Megan is a director at PwC and runs their transformation practice across the Asia-Pacific region. She's a chartered accountant by background and also holds a law degree. After starting her career in New Zealand, she spent four years in London before returning home to Auckland just a couple of years ago. And in 2019, Megan was named one of the top 20 future leaders under 35 by Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand. She's also just become a mum for the first time a few weeks ago to a little baby boy. So I particularly appreciate her taking the time to talk to me today. And I'm really looking forward to hearing her thoughts and reflections on her career. Kia ora, Megan, and thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Anna. It's great to be here. Great. So the first question that I like to ask as part of these interviews is to take you a little way back and think about some of the things that might have influenced your career choices. So if you're thinking back to yourself as maybe a kid or a teenager, what did you want to do or be when you grew up? Yeah, so I didn't really have a clear view of what I ever wanted to be. I kept flip-flopping all over the place. So at one point I wanted to be a pilot, then I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be a lawyer, I wanted to be an artist, I wanted to do all sorts of different things. But I think ever since a very young age, I've always been really interested in business. I can remember actually looking at setting up an orange juice stand, <laughs> for example, or we used to get those McDonald's toys and um, put them in Lucky Dips to try and sell to people and things like that. And I've been doing looking at those kind of commercial opportunities ever since I was a really little child. So when I did finish high school and I looked at what I wanted to do at university, it was always going to be something to do in that business area, which is why I went down the path of doing a commerce and law degree. And what was it about business and that sort of commercial side, do you think, that appealed to you? I think it's just something that came naturally to me. I actually have a really sweet story from my father when at my wedding, and he talked about how when I was, it must have been five or six years old, and there was the tooth fairy, and they would come and leave money under your pillow. And then I actually wrote, apparently wrote a letter to the tooth fairy <laughs> saying that I don't have any teeth left, um, so there's not a lot of supply. And so therefore, can you actually pay me a little bit more for the, the last of my teeth that are coming out? So <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that's always come quite naturally to me, I guess. I love it. Early stage negotiation with the tooth fairy. That is awesome. Yeah, ah, yeah. Brilliant. That's, and that's interesting. <laughs> but even to be thinking about that kind of the early stage of economics and supply and demand when, uh, when thinking about your teeth. Brilliant story. Yeah. Yeah. Now you did study accounting and law. Tell me then about your kind of the first few years of your of your career and what were some of the highlights but also some of the challenges. Yeah, so I obviously studied like you said law and accounting. So I had the choice of really going into down the accounting route or down the law route. 
And when I was at, actually still at university, I got offered the opportunity to do a summer internship at um, PwC. And so that's really where my career started. So I started with the summer internship and I absolutely loved it and enjoyed it. I worked, I actually ended up doing two. So I did one in the area of tax, one in private business. And then I joined PwC as a graduate. And I guess some of the challenges that I found is that when I started as a graduate, it was right during the GFC. Mm -hmm. So it was around 2008, 2009, when it was obviously the global financial crisis. And so I was coming into an environment where there maybe wasn't the same amount of work as what there would have been a couple of years before. And also, it was very competitive to get a role or a job at that point in time. Like They weren't recruiting as many people into the profession as maybe they were a few years earlier. So I was um, surrounded by all these really talented people in my year group. All were absolutely amazing, all had similar backgrounds to me. So it was very challenging to start with to build up that reputation and get the opportunities and the work that you wanted to do because it just wasn't there. And, And then I think if I look back to my first few years, I think the biggest challenge, and I think this is still a challenge today for myself, is around being, as a junior person or someone with less experience, being listened to. Mm. So not just having a voice, because I feel like a lot of people do give you a voice. They they do encourage you to speak and have an opinion and to to contribute to meetings, but actually being listened to Mm. in terms of what you are saying. And that is still something I am, I find challenging today and something I'm still working on around techniques to help with that being listened to piece. But I think that happens with everybody really early on in their careers. Yeah. Mm, And it's a really interesting one, really interesting insight in terms of a challenge. It's, uh, I think, yes, absolutely. a, A lot of people find that early in their career. My experience of coaching women is that women in particular sometimes struggle with feeling that they are listened to and their voices that they are heard. And you know, there's plenty of stats and research to say that women get interrupted three times as much as, as men in meetings. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of going thing going on. What have you found has helped? You said it's still a challenge, but that it's something that you've been able to work on. What have you found has helped that for you? Yeah, so I guess I'm lucky enough to work in an organisation that has been very supportive of me and I've got really great mentors. And as part of that, they actually got me involved with an external coach. Mm. And I've found that to be, has been really useful. And she's actually worked with me and given me some techniques around how to have more presence and impact in meetings and communicating with confidence and all of those types of things. So I think one of the things has been about just sitting there rather than trying to, you know, push your voice into a meeting, just sitting there observing. I write down my points on a piece of paper Mm. and then I wait for the opportunity to then relay my thoughts. And that might be right at the end of the meeting. So I might be that I don't actually have an opportunity during the meeting. So I wait till the end. And then I go through, oh, I just had a few things I just wanted to raise or some points I want to make. And then I just go through them at the end. And I think that has been really powerful because before that, I think I was trying to 
overcompensate and trying to like enforce myself into meetings rather than I guess stepping back and thinking about what is it that I really want to say and what is it that's really important to voice in this meeting or does that make sense Anna? It does absolutely and I think it's that sort of sometimes the pressure to think I've got just got to say something whereas actually it's much better to to be able to land some rather than talking just for the sake of it, actually having something valuable to say that you've considered. Mm. Yeah, nice technique, nice tip. Yeah, I've also got one more that I've, (laughs) I've deployed as well. And that's actually, I think, quite often we go into meetings and we've got a plan, you know, we've got an agenda or meetings or workshops, whatever you're doing, you've got an agenda about things that you want to speak about. But you don't often speak about roles and what people's roles are within a meeting. And so that's the other piece that I've found really useful is sat down with the team. We say we're going into a workshop. We actually sit down and we discuss each person's role and what they should be contributing towards the meeting and what parts you want certain people to lead. And I think that's been very um, helpful as well, not just for me, but for other people on the team to have a voice and to be listened to and to be heard as well. And that's another tip that I would probably give to all of anyone listening today, all senior managers, is to actually think about, have I actually sat down and have we agreed who's doing what and how this meeting will play out? And then that feels actually like the person, they have a role, they have a contribution to make, which hopefully then helps to bring their voices to the table. Yeah, great idea. And Megan, then you, you've you decided to um, to head off to London for, for a little while, for career-wise, and it's obviously mm-hmm. a journey that many New Zealanders make in terms of their career path. What was it for you that made you think, yes, I want to head overseas for a while for my career? Yeah, so it probably wasn't really career-driven, to be um, honest. It was actually driven by this desire to travel, which is actually why I wanted to be a pilot when I was little, not because I wanted to fly planes, but because I wanted to travel around the world. And that's what I really saw London as an opportunity to do. And what was great about London is that I was able to, you know, fulfill that in terms of my personal goals around traveling, but also, I think, really extend my career and really challenge myself when I was over there. The work that I got to do over there, as you can imagine, was large global projects And I had all these really um, talented people that I was working with. So I was able to learn a lot and bring it back here to New Zealand and actually more widely across the Asia Pacific region. So I found that London experience invaluable. Mm, And you're right there, often that global perspective and big projects and and bringing that perspective back. And that's nice to hear that you got a lot career-wise out of it alongside, I hope, a little bit of travel while you were there too. (laughs) And your current work, tell me, what is it that you really love about it? Yeah, so I guess I think to be successful in your career or in any role or job that you're doing is that you need to be passionate about it. And I've always just been really passionate about making things better. And that's what my role really is. It's about helping organisations deliver value and make things better. And just seeing the changes and the impact that you can make in such a short period of time that's really what motivates me to then go forward and do the next project. The other part of it is probably around digital and you would see like digital is obviously one of the buzzwords at the moment about becoming a digital workforce, particularly off the back of COVID-19 and stuff like that. And I've just, I guess I've seen the stuff that we have done internally and the benefits that have given, that has given us at PwC and then being able to relay that 
experience to clients and other organisations and show them some of the things that we've done, I think is also something that makes me really proud <laughs> to mm. be able to show them those things, but it also adds credibility to what I'm doing. And it's and what you'll see is that the organisations actually being really engaged in terms of and really wanting to understand what we're doing so they can replicate those same things within their own organisations. And I think that's often the nice thing with with a lot of the consulting firms is that there is often the opportunity to test and try out things and then roll that out into the client space too. Yeah, exactly. And is there anything that surprised you about your career? Surprised me? Well, I think when I first went to university and I was studying accounting and law, people have this view of what accounting is and they think it's bookkeeping basically, that you're keeping accounts and you're in Excel all the time and that, that is what an accountant does. They look after numbers. But quite interestingly, my experience working at a large accounting firm is that I've hardly ever been in Excel. <laughs> I hardly ever look at numbers. And actually, my role has been has been a lot more about strategy and business and process improvement and all of these other things that probably I didn't necessarily think were part of what my role was going to be when I first went down that path of studying accounting. Mm, I like that. It's a really different perspective, as you say, to, to what some people perceive accounting to be, to actually the reality of working within the field. Yeah, great. Just a question that I, I wanted to ask was the the title of this podcast, of course, is The Female Career. Mm-hmm. Are there any particular challenges or obstacles that, that you've faced as a woman in your career? Yeah, so... Definitely. I think one of the most challenging ones that I'm face, um, that I'm going to face is the one I'm facing right now, which is I've just become a mother <laughs> mm. and how, and as something I'm still working through, but like how am I going to balance being a mother with my career on a go forward basis? And one of the things that I've always believed in and I, I feel very strongly about is that the only way that we're going to see women be um, successful and in the senior management um, and leadership roles is if their male counterparts take the same role in terms of parenting at home, that they're seen as being just as important in that parenting journey as the mother. And given the opportunity to actually stay at home with their children and do those things that mothers, I guess, have, have always done, I think I'm still working through that challenge, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess in terms of things that are, have already happened without having that mother, the, the mother over, overlay, I think it's that piece that we're talking about before around when you walk into the room, how can you have presence and impact? Sometimes I know that I've walked into rooms and there's been an assumption that I'm maybe the note taker rather than the person leading the meeting. Mm. And so... You you end up in this back foot when you're going into that into into that conversation because people already have some sort of unconscious bias around what your role is. So you have to then show them why you're there and in a way trying to prove yourself in that meeting. And that's something I've had to work through. And now I think I, I've worked through that and I've got the confidence. And actually, if, if, if people have those views when I'm walking in, then that's them, that's not me, and to just be myself and just do what I normally do and not worry about other people's views or opinions. That's something I've had to work through. And I think that's something probably most, a lot of females will probably have to go through in their careers as well. And I think particularly 
young women who are progressing reasonably quickly in their career, that's often a challenge mm. that they have to overcome where the, the, all of a sudden the perception is they're very junior when it, in actual fact they're not. They're, mm. they're on a par or sometimes more senior to some of the, the people around them. Yeah. yeah. And you talked yeah. briefly about becoming a mother mm. and that I was wondering what have you found, and we spoke about it briefly before we even started recording today, I remember finding it quite challenging, transitioning from being a kind of working professional to a new parent. How have you found the the journey? Yeah, so I'm still very early on in this journey. It's only been about four weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think some of the challenges I've already found, other than the sleepless nights and learning how to look after a baby, is after two weeks, you know, my husband went back to work. So he's got a really big chunk of his day that is just what it was before. It's just normal for him. Whereas for me, I'm at home and I'm looking after a, a little baby and all those things that I used to do, I can't do as easily. So I'm finding that, I've found that quite challenging. However, one of the great things that have actually come off the back, I think, of of COVID-19 is that whole digitization, which we spoke about before, because at, at my work now, every meeting um, or every event, there is always a virtual dial-in. <laughs> so this week, they actually had the CEO of ANZ come to speak to us, and it was about, um, you know, the impacts of COVID-19 on ANZ, but also the impacts that they're seeing on the wider economy. And I was actually able to join that from home. <laughs> and because I, 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 not because I needed to, but because I was very interested in it. So I was sitting there while my baby was asleep, and I was able to join that and hear from that the CEO of ANZ around those issues. And I think for me, that was something that I found very useful because although I am at home and I am looking after this baby, I still want to be connected into my work, into the workplace, and I still want to have adult conversations and be challenged and to learn and develop while I'm, while I'm um, away. So I found that, I, I think that is something that organisations could very easily implement that would actually support women that are on maternity leave. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. And as you say, whether it's women or even hopefully increasingly maybe men and taking some parental leave mm. too. But, but often there is that feeling of disconnect when you do take a period of six months or sometimes more off work and and often that feeling of almost losing the professional words. I know that a lot of people have talked to me about losing that that confidence to be able to to be feel current with what's going on. Mm. But that maybe actually greater connectedness without pressure to do work, but able at least to stay in touch with, with what's going on and some of the key developments. And as you say, keep that learning curiosity going on. Yeah, really nice take on it. And if you if you look back at your career, um, what are some of your what are some of your proudest career moments? I think one of the proudest moments was when I actually first moved over to London, and we I was actually part of a brand new team, which was about a transformation. And we actually, and I think one of my proudest moments is I was one of the first three team members, and then over the last five or six years that three-person team has grown to having thousands of people in our network. Mm. So I think I'm very proud of being part of that initial team that kind of built up this, I guess, the service offering. I guess another proud moment was what actually you mentioned in the introduction where um, I was lucky enough to be named by um, the Chartered Accountants of um, Australia and New Zealand as being one of the top 20 leaders under 35, and that really humbled me. I, I 
and it was really nice to be recognised for some of the work I've been doing and that was actually, that was through nominations as well. So having somebody actually nominate me for that was quite, made me feel quite proud. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Wonderful, wonderful award to receive. And as you say that it's peer or nominated, but also how fantastic to see that, that kind of team of three transform into a business line employing thousands of people. What a, yeah, what a, what a proud thing to come from. If you, I guess you've slightly given, we've slightly given away your age, given you've obviously uh, won the award for, for uh, um, future leaders <laughs> under 35. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty obvious that you've got a fair few years of career to come. Yeah. If you look ahead into your future career and there, uh, I'm wondering what kind of possibilities or options or aspirations you might have in terms of where your career might go. Yeah, I've been actually thinking about this quite a lot over the last year because I've only been I've been working now for 10 years and I've probably got, I don't know, another 30, 35 years left of working. So mm. I've got a long time left in my career. And I think one thing I want to make sure for myself is that all because I've been doing one thing the last 10 years doesn't mean I need to do that same thing for the next 35. So it's about stepping back and thinking about what are the things that I'm passionate about and really enjoy? Where do I think I could develop further? What what other jobs or roles that I've seen interest me? And, and where is that kind of next challenge? And then looking for opportunities to do that. So I'm lucky enough to work for an organisation where there are hundreds of opportunities that present themselves um, every year. So as an opportunity that I, I think fits in with where I want to be, then actually stepping up and saying, hey, I'd really like to do this. Like, can I, is it possible for me to be part of this team or be part of this project and just developing there? I do like transformation. I do making a difference within organisations, creating impact and value. So it's going to be anything down that, that kind of path. Exactly what it looks like, I don't know, but I think it's important to sometimes be agile and that's how I've approached my career today it is to do things that interest me and um, see where it takes me rather than having a really defined end goal, if that makes sense. It does. And I think there's also that nice piece in there of actually, okay, 10 years in, let's take a bit of a stock take and reflection just to make sure that agility is leading me broadly speaking, in a path that you want to go on. But also, as you say, that just, you know, what what interests me, because if you're, if you're passionate about something and then you enjoy it, then chances are you're going to do a good job on it as well. Yeah. Mm. And just a last question then, Megan, what career advice would you have for other, other women? Yeah, so I think my number one piece of career advice, and I, I give this to people all the time, is that your career is your career, so you need to take it into your own hands. Don't step back and wait for opportunities to come to you because they might not come to you. There's things that do interest you or challenges or roles that you want to do, then have a conversation and really seek out those opportunities. I think that's so important. That's why I've got to where I've got to today is because I have gone and put my hand up and actually not not just put my hand up when an opportunity is presented, but actually finding the opportunities that I want. <laughs> and I, I think that that is wholeheartedly my number one piece of advice. Mm, fantastic. And that is true. The person who's 
I, I give similar advice. So it's nice to hear that it's um, <laughs> echoed by you where I say the, the, the person who to whom your career is the most important is you. And so a, a similar piece that actually you have to take a bit of control and, and not wait. Yeah, great piece of advice. Well, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time today and particularly as you've got little um, four-week-old Thomas there in the background and I really appreciate it and thank you for sharing some of your story, your journey and also some fantastic pieces of advice. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.